Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee LaVallee McKenna, and I bring my 30-plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about unworthiness. And unworthiness is very similar to feeling undeserving, and it speaks to our sense of value as a person. And I think worthiness or unworthiness is a little different than things being acceptable or unacceptable. If something is worthless, then it has no value. And if something has worth, then it's valuable, useful, desirable, beneficial, or valid. And unworthiness in myself and others, which is what we're going to talk about today, is more of a soul or spiritual issue than it is a psychological issue from my perspective. Although we may have narratives around our own lack of value, those narratives are generated out of some deep core beliefs that there is something about us that is essentially bad. And I'm going to tell you that unworthiness is a lie. And uprooting that lie is some of the deepest, most transformative work we can do. And most of the processes in my book, Allies and Demons, do point to that deep soul-level transformative work. And most people, if we dig deep enough, hold this lie of unworthiness within themselves. And it can be hard to get to because it's often hidden underneath layers of self-justification and pride, lots of social, professional, and relational masks that we put on so people won't see who we believe that we really are. And we all do have darkness within us. Absolutely. Anger, jealousy, selfishness, a hundred forms of fear. And some of our evolutionary work is to transform those lower resonances, to resolve our unresolved emotional issues, and to elevate our own consciousness with courage, love, compassion, generosity, hope. But we must reveal that which needs to be healed in order for that work to happen. Because if it is concealed, it cannot be healed. And we often hide within ourselves, in the dungeon of our own unconsciousness, a toxic and even monstrous belief that we are unworthy on a soul level. When I first moved to California, I was trying to decide if I was going to get a master's in divinity or a master's in psychology. And I was taking some classes at the Pacific School of Religion, beautiful place in Berkeley, California, part of the Graduate Theological Union, a pretty amazing cooperative organization of nine different divinity schools right near UC Berkeley. And I was taking a course called Pray Like a Mystic, and we were experimenting with different mystical practices. And mysticism is direct communion with the divine which I will say is available to all of us because we are each little pieces of divinity. But at that point, I had just filed bankruptcy and escaped a horribly dysfunctional marriage. I was 35 and cleaning houses for a living, living in a spare room of a generous person's house, freshly immigrated to San Francisco. And so the practice that we did this one day was to pick a passage from the Bible and to immerse ourselves in it as if we were one of the characters. And I chose the passage in John 20, 11, where Jesus reveals himself to Mary Magdalene outside the tomb. The stone has been rolled away from the tomb where they lay Jesus' dead body. She sees that the body is not there. There are two angels sitting where his body lay. 
and she turns around and sees Jesus. She doesn't recognize him. And he says, go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And as I imagined myself in that scene, I became Mary Magdalene, and Jesus revealed himself to me. And it was one of the deepest, most profound spiritual experiences I've had. And I have had more than one of those. And what came out of that was not a conversion experience to become a Christian. Although I work with the Christ energy frequently, Christianity and Jesus are not a primary practice for me. What came through that experience was the presence of the divine feminine. And the essence or voice of Mary spoke to me and said, of all of the disciples, Jesus revealed himself to a woman. And the woman was charged with bringing the miracle of rebirth, of hope, of healing, ascension, and transformation that is really the message of Christianity and the Jesus story from my perspective, that a woman was charged with bringing that information back to the community. And that that is a sacred mission. And this is the only time to this point in my life where this has happened. A voice said to me, you are called to be a Catholic. And I experienced it as the voice of the goddess. It was a female voice. And I said, you're kidding, right? <laughs> a Catholic? Really? Can it be something cool like a Buddhist or a Taoist? I grew up as a cultural Catholic, but I was never baptized because my mother was Christian scientist and my father was raised first grade through college in Catholic school. And though I was drawn to go to lots of churches with my friends when they were forced to do that on Sunday, both Catholic and Methodist, I certainly wasn't raised in a religion. But I don't take callings lightly. And so I signed up to do the Rites of Catholic Initiation for Adults, RCIA, at what remains a holy place for me to this day, St. Ignatius Cathedral in San Francisco. And in Easter of 2000, I was baptized, along with quite a few other adults, by stepping into a massive pool on the sacristy of this stunning cathedral before hundreds of people in a packed house. The next day I was confirmed, and after lots of discussion with my spiritual advisor, who also happened to be named Mary, I did not say the Nicene Creed because I don't believe most of what it says talks about Mary being a virgin, that Jesus is the only way to God, and that the Pope is a holy man. So I don't take vows lightly either, but I did become a Catholic and have had the opportunity and privilege to work with many Catholic clients over the years. And my initiation into that tradition has been extremely helpful. I'm a crappy Catholic. I generally don't go to Mass. But I do love to light candles before Mary. I would consider myself more of a Marian than a Christian. And at St. Ignatius Cathedral, there are these gorgeous altars, each of them completely different to different saints and religious figures around the cathedral. And each of them has a place where you can sit and pray Meditate like candles. And my favorite one is to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I don't remember a lot of what happened at the RCIA meetings and we went through the sacraments, but I remember going early or staying late after Sunday Mass and even stopping by during the week, which I still do from time to time, going to the altar of Our Lady and weeping my unworthiness at her feet. 
feeling the unconditional love and grace of the goddess through this aspect of Mary. And I came to pray our mother who art in heaven, the divine feminine that is unrecognized for its full might in much of Christianity, much of religion across the world, and feeling the deep compassion and unconditional love and purging my own unworthiness as an addict, a bar slut, a divorcee. And although I felt no shame in my work as a maid, I could feel the shame and unworthiness in my own heart. Although I can't tell you that all of my unworthiness is healed, nor that it was all healed at the feet of Mary, because there have been many other transformative and elevating processes, my experience of grace through Mary was profound. We each have our own path, but facing unworthiness, bringing light into that deep darkness, is work we must all do, or at least we can all do, and I would say we should all do. And in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the story of Adam and Eve, I think, addresses the genesis of our unworthiness as humans, trying to make sense out of the separation that we feel from God. And I would say that original sin is a lie, that our belief in unworthiness that has been carried and transmitted throughout human history, I think transcending and transforming that is essential to this plane of existence. And I'm reminded of the story of Jim, who came to me because he had been suicidal all of his life and he had never told anyone about it, that he had a voice inside of him that told him that he was bad and should kill himself. And he had fought and struggled against that voice, distracted himself, medicated it in many different ways, but it was relentless. And over the course of many sessions, we went into that voice, and it was a dark, demonic energy that stood behind him and not only told him that he was worthless, unworthy, and no good, but that if anybody knew who he really was, they would reject him. And that this dark entity was actually his only friend. And he was strangely attached to it, even though it was incredibly destructive. And through inner journey work, we went into the origin, to the genesis, of that relationship. And we came on Jim as a one-year-old baby in foster care. He had been put up for adoption at birth and had moved from home to home. He'd been in an orphanage for a while. And at some point, that little baby decided that no one wants me because I am unlovable. And that was how he made sense of his circumstance. And there's a lot of different ways to understand that demonic entity, part of his own psyche, a defensive structure, disembodied negativity that attached itself to him. And from different paradigms, those are all true. Pick your paradigm. But Jim had to decide if he wanted to keep this relationship going. And it was actually hard for him to let it go because it was a primary relationship for him. As destructive as it was, it actually made him feel like he wasn't alone. And it was through connecting him with higher consciousness, through applied shamanism and inner spiritual journey work, that he was able to connect with aspects of nature, of divinity, that actually had his highest good in mind. And over time, he was able to release and dissolve that intense internal negativity of unworthiness and to really connect with his own authentic self. And through that process, he actually 
paid someone to seek out his birth mother, and he found her, and she refused to see him. In fact, she died six months after she was contacted by that private investigator. But he was able to connect with his birth father, which was a really powerful experience. And ultimately, he moved back to be with his adopted family. He had been adopted at the age of three, but he had never felt a part of that family because he was unworthy. And as a grown man in his late 40s, he bonded with that family and felt the love that they had offered him throughout his life. And he moved up to Oregon to be with them and to build houses on the land with his adopted father. And I got a letter a few years later from his girlfriend, and she told me that he had died suddenly. He just dropped dead of a heart attack. And I was so grateful that she took the time to reach out. She said, the work that he did in the time he spent with you, he said, healed him in ways that he didn't feel was possible. And I know he died a good death. And although I am an excellent therapist, I don't take responsibility for that work. I was a catalyst for the sole work that he did in this lifetime to heal his unworthiness. And I'm so grateful that he was able to do that, as have I. And I encourage you to look within yourself for the dark places where the light needs to be shown, to unearth the lie of unworthiness from your own soul, that you may be healed and the light of your own true nature may shine for the benefit of yourself and all others. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to find out about my upcoming spiritual experience groups, small groups of four to six, where we meet weekly in six-week blocks to do personal growth work, share and support each other, those are virtual on Zoom. If you want to find out how I might be able to help you in your own personal process or learn about my mentorship program, shoot me an email, info at reneemckenna.com. I'm spending a lot of time on Insight Timer, doing free lives every week. Insight Timer is amazing. Tons of free meditations and courses, really high quality stuff. I encourage you to check it out. I would love it if you could follow me. Once I get 100 followers, I can offer free courses of my own. Lots of free stuff. If you want a free download of the first chapters of my book, Allies and Demons, Working with Spirit for Power and Healing, there's a link in the show notes. Deep gratitude to my supporters on Patreon. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.